Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Welcome, everybody. Hello, hello. (laughs) How are you going? I'm okay. I already know the answer. (laughs) I know. I was like, are we going to pretend we haven't talked about this before? I know. I just feel like I've just hit a anxiety wall in the last two days and I think it's a combination Mm -hmm. of things but I actually feel like the reality of going back into the real world is freaking me out (laughs) which I didn't expect to feel like yeah that's how I feel yeah it's weird right feeling super on edge yeah and I just felt I felt that like cabin fevery kind of you know when you feel when you feel even those weekends when you just don't leave home for the whole weekend and, and and initially you think that's what you want to do and then it gets to Sunday night and you're literally like ropeable that's how I was feeling and I was and I was doing that thing where I was like okay if you go for a walk or if you get outside or if you do some exercise you know you're going to feel so much better but it was the last thing I wanted to do and instead I was kind of you know when you make yourself feel worse kind of on purpose mm-hmm. without realizing it like I was doing yeah. nothing that I knew was going to help myself I was like barely even working and just kind of which makes me feel worse because then you feel like you're being super unproductive. Um, and then I realized that it was because, <laughs> which just sounds so insane, but it was because I realized that New Zealand had zero new cases of coronavirus and <laughs> yeah. zero yeah. suspected cases. And I was like, holy shit, we're about to move into another, we're about to go down to level two, which will mean basically business as usual, which will mean I need to start sorting out my life. 
which until this point had felt very stagnant and like I couldn't do anything about it because I've been locked in this house. So even if I wanted to leave, I literally couldn't. And now I'm like, great, now what are you going to do? Are you going to go back to London now to like find a house and find a fucking job? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's, I feel exactly the same where the, I think we talked about how anxious personalities almost suited the lockdown because you spend so much of your life in constant fear of the worst case scenario that when the worst case scenario happens you almost feel calm for the first time because yeah the thing you've always worried about happening has happened and I think I felt so and I don't want to sound flippant in saying this especially in regard to what we're talking about last week and I know that I was very lucky to feel this way but I felt very calm and relaxed and kind of happy during lockdown I wasn't I was very lucky to not have to actively stress about money, which meant that I just kind of rested up and did nice things and cooked food and watched movies and slept in. And I felt really, really relaxed. And I think it just started to feel like this was going to go on indefinitely. And now it very suddenly feels like it's over. And I'm like, I'm not ready to be in the real world again. And it's so strange because obviously we were tracking this happening, but it's like Saturday, things haven't even changed that much in London, but they're start, starting to, announcements have been made today. And even on Saturday, it was just buzzing in Ealing where I live. Every coffee shop had a 20-person line out the door. Pret has reopened, which just felt like an existential crisis of how much that represents that Pret's reopened. And um, just all of the buzz and noise and stress of living in a city just came back to me all of a sudden and I think I just felt really overwhelmed it was people yelling people getting into fights people screaming on the phone this very sinister looking character was kind of following us down the street for ages and I started getting on edge about it and I was like there's all these things anxieties that come with everyday life that we just haven't had for this whole period yeah I think that that's the thing is we're both anxious and so probably having a lot of stimulation freaks us out all the time because we've both said (laughs) that with loud noises or bangs or or sudden things we jump out of our skin and I will kind of like if a door slams my heart will sink my heart will jump as if someone's just given me a massive fright basically and that's all Mm. the time and so Mm -hmm. if we're out in a big city like that when everything's moving super fast paced it's probably not that good for us like I felt the exact same way where um Coming home to New Zealand, I kind of always thought it would be, obviously, it was a rough, rough time in London recently. Yeah. So I was like, coming home to New Zealand will always be way more grounding and calming and relaxing. But I just didn't realize, like, even just the slower pace of life here has been such a change. And and I know that no one's, no one is moving around. But right now I'm kind of in the countryside, which is where I grew up. I grew up with barely any neighbors. I grew up surrounded by animals. I didn't have uh, any public transport around. It was just a very, very, very chill life. And I always knew, I kind of was always like, when I grow up or when I, um, when I, whatever, settle down, I'll live like in a similar place to where I grew up. And then I think I kind of just lost that in all of this recently. And I was kind of like, I don't think I'll, when I was in London, I was like, I don't think I'll ever move back to New Zealand. It's just too small for me. Mm. I just love this big city life. And then I came home and I was like, actually, the thing you love more than anything is A, good fucking weather. I just had Mm -hmm. no idea how much that was impacting me. B, 
seeing nature and see like animal being around an animal being around this puppy has been a lifesaver and also being able to walk down to the beach all these little things that is just so far away in London that you just don't even realize at the time a hundred percent and I think I'm the same where I've always been of this attitude of onto the next big thing it's like grew up in Perth went to Sydney because that was the big city and then as soon as Sydney started to feel a bit small it's like onto London and now I always think, okay, once we've done London for three years, we've got to do New York and then Los Angeles. And it's, I think it's really... And me and you say the exact same thing. We're like, cool, we'll go to New York next. But then what? Why? It's also, I I think what it is, is (laughs) there's a lot of living about living in big cities that doesn't suit our personalities. But I think where you live is so tied to this ambition question where living in an international Mm. city, Mm. you think... It, I mean, it's not we think it is seen as an indicator of the fact that you're an ambitious person or that you're a hardworking person or that you're a cosmopolitan person. You, you know, there's all these like social yeah. um, status symbol things that are tied to showing that you can make it living overseas for a while, which I started thinking about recently because mm. I was like, it's just so interesting. People are quite judgy about people that say they're going to go and don't go or go and can't hack it. Well, and I felt home. like that coming home. Yeah, because I was like, oh, that's so embarrassing that you just moved to London and now you're coming home. And I was like, okay, you're actually coming home for an extended holiday during a global pandemic. But also, what does it matter if you want to go home because you're not happy? I was even talking to my therapist on Saturday morning over Zoom. And she was like, do you, she was like, basically, do you need to go back to London because you're feeling so much happier here? And I was like, Mm. I know what you mean. And I'm really kind of I'm clocking how I'm feeling here versus how I'm feeling there but I want to go back because I think that London is just kind of London's just kind of tainted because it was a really bad time in my life and I want to go back and I want to give it a proper go and really Mm -hmm. enjoy the city and see everything that there is to love about it and if I don't like it then I'll just leave and I'm Mm -hmm. happy to do that but she was and she kind of was like okay well I think it's really important which is for a good tip for anyone is that she was like, write down all of these things that you're noticing that make you really happy about New Zealand and keep that with you as a list of all of the things that you need to feel kind of complete and joyful and happy. If it's being by the ocean, if it's good weather, if it's nature, if it's animals, um, if it's reading more, all of these, or exercising, if it's all these things that make you feel grounded, keep that list with you. And even though London, it couldn't seem further from the ocean, at least you know if you're feeling out of sorts that's why and you can kind of it's it gives your yourself a reason to feel that way so you're like okay this is why I'm feeling out of sorts because I actually haven't seen the ocean in ages time to fix that or time to book a trip to the countryside or you know a hundred percent and I think we think some of those things like seeing the sea or whatever are a bit kind of trite and woo woo and goopy but it's actually anyone that's something that I and we can talk about this till we're blue in the face and I think we've talked about it on dinner parties before but I didn't realize the really serious psychological effects of the sea of the sun of nature like of nature basically on my mood until I got here and it sounds like a kind of basic thing but I think about all the times in my life where I've been genuinely the happiest I've ever been and it's being at home in Perth, waking up early, getting the bus to the beach and doing that on my own, you know? Anyway, this is getting into like random territory. 
Agate's the beach. <laughs> nah, I feel like it's not because it's super. Even just that list of writing down all of the things that you need to make That's you happy. That's such a great. I, yeah. Another thing that she we were talking about. My therapist needs a guest slot on this podcast. She does. She's basically giving thousands of people free therapy every week, and she just doesn't. <laughs> and you're footing the bill. Yeah, she's like, why the fuck would I? Would I just pay? I pay for it. And then I tell thousands of people exactly what she says. So you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Another thing that she said, she goes to me, I've I've noticed a huge change in you this week because I'm seeing her every two weeks at the moment because money and mm. feeling a bit better being here. Um, she was like, one th- change. She's like, I've noticed a massive change in you from this week compared to two weeks ago. What is it that you're doing differently? And I mm. think, A, it's the anticipating change thing where I kind of, I'm on edge about what's to come because I'm such a planner and I don't know what's happening. So that's obviously seeping in and making me feel a bit stressed. But the other thing that I noticed I have completely stopped doing is exercising. And Mm. I just haven't, and I've always known that exercising was a mental health thing for me, but not to this degree. It's funny with therapy because therapy makes you just take a second look at all of the things that you've kind of known, but you've never really put much thought into so I've always known that it was something that made me feel better. But then when she said, you you are c- completely different, you feel out of sorts, you don't feel uh, relaxed, and it's literally because I haven't been going outside and exercising. I think it seems stupid, therapy, like, obvious, but... No, it doesn't sound stupid, though, because I think therapy, the whole purpose of it is to validate things that you tell yourself are stupid and that you don't need to worry about. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like it just tells if you have parts of your brain that think, I would be happier if I did this. And we talked about this before where something as simple as um, my therapist saying, listening to true crime podcasts about women getting killed all the time is probably not very good if you have anxiety. And in my brain, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't feel good while I listen to this. But then my brain would say, you're so stupid. Can you not handle a true crime podcast? Is that how like weak you are? You can't listen to a podcast that all these other people <laughs> listen to. Just listen to it. I, it. But I would tell myself that that thought, which was trying to help me, was stupid or not to listen to it or that it wasn't valuable, mm. you know? And I feel mm. like part of what therapy does is helps you zero in on that voice and understand that that's the powerful voice that you should listen to and start listening to it. And then once you do that, it kind of seeps into yeah. everything because I feel like for so long exercise – is, was for me so caught up in the pursuit of looks that I resisted it because I felt like I was buying into <laughs> some social construct of <laughs> turning into you, you know it's, it's ridiculous. Feminist, you. <laughs> I I was literally like I'm not no, going to exercise because so I feel like it's feminist. It's the stupidest thing ever. And I remember talking to my, my friend, my best friend Phaedra about it, and she said, um, she was like. I can't believe you think it's a personality type to exercise or not exercise. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. But it, I had this mental blocker for so long on it that I wasn't doing something, like you say, that made me makes me feel good and relaxed and calm that really has nothing to do with aesthetics because often it just makes you hungrier <laughs> and you just balance it out. But, yeah, I resisted this thing of something that my body was telling me to do and that I would like for these completely – I mean – really arbitrary stupid reasons but i you have these voices in your head that just tell you not to do things that are good for you and mm. it's weird and i don't and know why even we when, but even though i knew that it made me feel better 
mentally if I exercised, I wouldn't put enough weight behind me knowing that until she said it to me. And now mm. I'm like, oh, well, that's confirmed. So now I actually have to prioritize it. I, it actually has to be something that I do every day because she's told me. And I'm like, why don't you just believe yourself? It'd be cheaper. Yeah. Well, this is interesting because before this, I was reading an Ask Polly on the cut. And I think we've recommended those columns a million times. And mm. I can't find it, but I'll put it in the notes. But she was basically... This woman had written in and had basically just said, I feel unattractive. I feel like no one likes me. I feel this whole thing. And I feel like I don't know how to change it. And she was just saying that you have to kind of challenge the stories that you tell yourself about yourself all the time and and look at the stories you're telling yourself Mm. and try and rewrite new ones. And she was basically saying you shouldn't get caught in a crossroads where you – want to look different or dress different or whatever and then be telling yourself that it's stupid to want to do that like it's okay she said something like it's okay to aspire to look different or something and it just sounds it sounds like such a basic piece of advice but she was just saying we live in a world that's totally reliant on external looks you are not a bad person for for buying into that like don't be disliking how you look and then hating yourself for caring about how you look that's a crazy place to be Yeah, that's so funny. And it's another thing that I struggle with. We've talked about this as well, but I struggle with um, that internal voice that always tells me. So it tells me I'm being lazy. If I don't exercise, it tells me I'm being, um, I'm kind of not doing anything useful if I'm sitting in bed watching a show. And and even if I sleep in till eight in the morning, I'm like, oh, you fucking lazy little bitch, get out of bed. And that happens all the time. And then that was, that happens as well with, which is another thing that I'm like working on that happens as well with my body, but it didn't used to be like that. And it's this new thing. Mm. It's this new voice in the back of my head with my body. And I never used to think that way. I wouldn't even, I was, I was kind of just, I think I was kind of body neutral ish Mm. in a spectrum of where to put yourself and how much you cared. I was kind of like, well, could be better. could be worse. Just can't be bothered thinking about it that much. And now in my late 20s, it's starting to completely change. And I and I do this thing now where I, ca- I have to catch myself and I have to really notice the thoughts as they come into my head and then change the narrative, which is exactly what kind of Polly was saying. And that's mm. what my therapist also says, is when you start thinking those thoughts, you have to stop and you have to... Uh, you have to kind of explain it to yourself as if someone else is saying to you, you know, you're really lazy because you stayed in bed till 8am and what you would say to them is what you need to say to yourself. So you need to be like, well, actually, no, I had a late night last night. I did all this work yesterday. All sorts of global pandemic. I can stay in bed till whenever I want, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm going to get all my shit done. And I need to actually do that all the time to myself. And it's the thing with my body as well, where I'll be like, God, you're just, you're just gross. And then I'm like, actually, no, you're fucking not. You're just, (laughs) it's so weird, but I think no, so that's probably on that, a lot of people have that. A lot of people have that. So this is, sorry in advance, but RuPaul, his whole thing on RuPaul's Drag Race is he calls it your inner saboteur and he always gets the girls. This is why yeah. I love the show so much where he'll be like, okay, your inner saboteur is coming out. What do we say when she comes out? We say, hi, nice to see you. Your opinion isn't wanted today, but thanks for sharing. <laughs> and it's the best piece of advice ever because he was like, Aww. I know it's it's the most nice, amazing, wholesome show because you see 
it, the reason it's so satisfying to watch is because you see these people that are battling with low self-esteem, anxiety, feelings of not being good enough, feelings of not being worthy, and how they just get shown that it's literally just a mindset. The difference between someone who is hugely confident and who we see as amazing and someone who isn't is very rarely the actual physical attributes they have and entirely their mindset towards themselves. And if you love yourself and think you're amazing, it just radiates and people feel like that too. So I, I think that that kind of thing... When That's such a that, good little... Um... I know. And the second thing I will say was in Big Little Lies, which was so amazing. It was one of the best scenes in the show where the therapist, where Nicole Kidman's character kept saying, no, 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 and justifying what her husband had done. And she said, imagine him doing it to Madeline, who's her best friend. And then when she could imagine what was done to her being done to her best friend, it made her so angry and so upset that she finally understood how messed up it was. And it's like almost sometimes I think yeah. when you say things to yourself, you have to imagine someone saying them to someone else and how horrible that would be, you know? Like how horrible we are yeah, to ourselves. Imagine so someone saying that to our best friend. We would go crazy and defend them and say it's like the nastiest thing ever and how dare you talk about someone like that and it's not true. But because yeah. it's to ourselves, we're like, I oh, feel like yeah, that's what true. you kind of, you didn't, you didn't ever tell me, but I feel like that's what you kind of were doing that whole time while I was in London. Because <laughs> I would say something and then you'd be like, absolutely not. And kind of go on for dare you. to bat. How dare you say <laughs> yeah, that, dare you say that about yourself? <laughs> yeah. I know. Funny. Okay. So moving right along. Dark chat out the way. You... Actually, <laughs> actually, maybe on the topic of that, I'll talk about my recommendations first because they're kind of, yeah, they're off the back of this chat. Uh, essentially, <laughs> I'm just going to mention this because I find it kind of funny. Last night we were going to record the podcast and we sat down and we got all ready and we'd all sit up. And then I said, <laughs> I'm feeling shit and I don't want to record. <laughs> and Grace was like, okay, fine. That's cool. We don't want to record when you're feeling shit. So then we came back this mo- my morning, her night, and she goes, I'm feeling shit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but we can't not record because there just won't be a podcast. <laughs> yeah and, and then literally this morning when i when i was thinking we're both feeling crap we're both feeling anxious we're probably not going to put out anything good i thought think of the listeners all the listeners are feeling anxious and stressed and they want us to perk them up so we're gonna start perking them up <laughs> i was like i certainly wouldn't want to hear two people going on about how stressed they're feeling if i was feeling stressed but sometimes actually that's exactly what you want yeah they'll probably like to hear that we're feeling shit now they're like finally these little bitches going around the beach in lee and wandering through nature with a puppy exactly (laughs) she's getting her comeuppance yeah it probably feels a bit um thing all the time that every time we get on we're like ha 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 and we just seem like the happiest two little ducklings (laughs) when really (laughs) quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 40 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. <laughs> so, my recommendations are something I didn't realize I did when I was stressed until last night when I was lying in bed, is what I do is I go back through the archives. And I think we've talked about this before with re-watching and rereading things that you love and that calm you. And that's a big thing for me. Um, but I've started doing it with podcast episodes. And so the one podcast that I tend to go back to when I feel really stressed is Oprah's <laughs> Super Soul Conversations. That's really nice. Which is quite nice. And so last night I listened to Brene Brown. Good. Um, so she has a she has I think she has three different episodes with Brene Brown and I always put it on before bed if I'm feeling stressed. She has one with Eckhart Tolle and she has obviously incredible people like Michelle Obama, Lady Gaga, Chanel Miller, everyone. So it's a really good podcast for anyone who hasn't listened. But I find it especially good for those episodes with people like Brene Brown and Eckhart Tolle when you're feeling stressed out. Yes. Also, another one that I hadn't listened to until last night, but I'd had saved in my podcasty bit for so long because I was reading on the tube ages ago, Yara Shahidi, guest edited stylist. And I was reading it on the tube and she said that her favorite podcast ever is this podcast called On Being. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of it. And she said that, that it's one of Obama's favorite podcasts as well or something like that. So obviously I downloaded and it's very similar in the sense of kind of Oprah's is about soul and spirit and blah, blah, blah. And so is this one. And it's about kind of social healing and like the big questions of life and all of that. So I listened to a couple of episodes and I was scrolling through. There's so many. It's been going for years. It's kind of like, um, uh, what's that one? Oh, kind of like Fresh Air. I think it started as a radio show. And there's one with the author of the audiobook that I'm listening to, The Body Keeps the Score guy. So now I'm listening to that. That book, Body Keeps the Score, is one of those crazy things where as soon as you it mentioned pops up it, I've, I've seen it yep. 20 times yeah. and I've, I've ordered it online so we can talk about it together or I can talk to you about it. But um, yeah, that's funny that you say that too because it's obviously like a very big thing. <laughs> I know because yeah. when my therapist recommended it, I just ignored it for ages. I was like, oh, it's going to be this dumb, really hard to read book that I'm probably not going to find interesting, which is stupid. And then I got it and it's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, even just random people, like influencers I follow, um, Lucy Williams, this influencer from the UK, posted to her table and it had a stack of books and that book was on the top. I was like, oh. I feel like that's very on trend. Very trendy <laughs> with your trauma book. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all your recommendations? They're very good. Uh, and I watched How to Be Single. Okay, the best, the most highbrow and philosophical one for last. What were your thoughts? Yes. I thought it was really good. I loved the whole premise, as Mel said, of, you know, being happy, being alone. And I also just really, 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 really stan Leslie Mann in anything she's in. Sometimes I go to her IMDb, which is another weird thing of mine, <laughs> where I love 
actresses and I go to her IMDb and look through all of her movies to see if I've just missed any and I'd missed this one. That is like quite random, but she's so funny. Fine. <laughs> random. I would love fine. Lizzie Mann on our podcast. <laughs> please come on. Even though her daughter's in like the biggest new show right now. I'm like, what about your mother? Maud, could you please get us in contact with Leslie? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I have some recommendations. The first may be familiar to you because it is an old episode of After Work Drinks. <laughs> oh dear, they're probably not familiar to me, to be honest. So me and Izzy avoid the archive of this podcast like the plague because it is like yep. just embarrassing to you listen to. You guys better listen voice. up because we're about to delete them all. <laughs> don't. don't. <laughs> They'll be there forever, don't worry. Um, they, okay, so... Someone highlighted us in our group because some amazing listeners are going through the archives, so we don't have to, that we predicted the coronavirus. Yeah, I cannot deal with this. In 2018. And it's another example (laughs) of if you put a gun to our heads and said, did you ever discuss an impending global pandemic? We would have said, obviously not. But it turns out we did. Absolutely not. And I will say... So I I was going through trying to find it and I was clicking some episodes, which were the wrong episodes. And as long-time listeners will know, we had some dark audio days and we really love you for sticking with us. Dark, dark, dark days. One was just like this white noise episode (laughs) that was like... (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of times my computer was actually about to literally (laughs) explode and I just didn't know what to do about it. This one episode sounded like... um, uh, like someone <laughs> making a hostage plea through like a VHS tape. It was so fuzzy and crazy. <laughs> um, but this one was when we recorded out of that scat studio in Chinatown, which was our first two episodes. And we sound incredibly fresh and professional. And we should, in my head, they all sound like this one, but they don't. Um, but I'm just going to play this for you now so you can hear it. Woke up really tired. And my first reaction before Daylight Savings was... Is there some sort of sleeplessness pandemic breaking out in Australia? Because (laughs) (laughs) a friend of mine at film school is writing a script and that's the plot line, which is cool. But also because Warren Buffett, no, Bill Gates, said to Forbes this week that he's like, absolutely, there's going to be a giant epidemic that wipes out like 40% of the population in the next couple of years. What? Yeah. He's like, it's going to happen. Like, we need to prepare. And I was like, give me more details, <laughs> Bill, please. We need to prepare, but I have no more info. I know. So there you go. Not quite 40% of the population, thankfully, but. And didn't we recently say that Bill Gates said that? <laughs> I think I think we were like, this is crazy, guys. He talked about this in 2018. Why did no one listen? And we literally talked about it on the podcast, but just forgot. Wow. I know. I wonder what else we've predicted. There'll be something. Harry and Megan leaving or something along those lines. People are just yet to uncover. Second recommendation is I watched Sense and Sensibility, which I talked about in the Dinner Parties podcast very briefly, but I want to recommend it to you because I just know you will love it because it's Hugh Grant in his peak heyday. With Emma Thompson, and they love each other, uh, and it's a really cute. What the fuck? Yeah, it's impeccable. Kate Winslet and unlikely romantic pairing, Kate Winslet and Alan Rickman. It works. Wow. He is hot 
as fuck in that movie. Ellen Ripken. Yes, I know. I know. I have, like, wow. by your standards, questionable that, taste yeah. in yeah. celebrities. Yeah, I was about to say, actually, give me, given me one second to ponder this and it makes complete sense. Grace thinks, so in Notting Hill, Grace thinks Spike. Yeah. The flatmate of Hugh Grant is hot. So <laughs> let's just leave that there for a minute. It's just let everyone really mull I that over. I can really, really give or take Hugh Grant. He's not hot. He's just charming. No, I know. But it, it, that doesn't, that his whole persona, I get it. But it's it doesn't, it's not me. Yeah, well, he um, is really in my bad books. He's been in my bad books for about four years from when I read an interview that he said that kissing Julia, oh, I'm just going to ruin Notting Hill for everyone. Not that he kisses Julia Roberts. No, he said that kissing Julia Roberts was shit because her mouth was so big. I was like, you should be so lucky. Oh. I thought you meant you were spoiling it that he kissed Julia Roberts. I was like, that is implied. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he does kiss her. Um, yeah, wow. Okay, I'm going to watch that because I really, really, I've found since living in this house, um, I really love rewatching old Yeah, I, I've movies. regressed. I watched three Harry Potter movies in two nights and i was like my brain can't handle anything else that, uh, anything other than something i've seen multiple 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 times and that's yeah, i fine. love doing that but these guys don't as much so i keep suggesting i'm like what about if we watch 10 things i hate about you and they're like why don't we just not watch that and watch something else <laughs> i started crying watching how to lose a guy in 10 days it's like this is fucking brilliant ah oh, yeah it's such a good movie. Rewatch it because it's on Netflix. Yeah, okay, I'll rewatch it too. My last recommendation, which I don't know if you've had a chance to read, that is Kazzy David talking about egomania in the pandemic for Airmail Weekly, which is yet again fast becoming my favorite publication online. And it bloody better be because they just took $60 out of my account. Grace. Mate, the things I have been charged for $60. during this pandemic, you would just That's not believe. That's crazy. The New York Times is like $12. I got charged for Disney Plus, which I didn't even remember signing up for. Why did you for. have that? I don't, there's <laughs> nothing on there except The Simpsons, Star Wars, and 100 Disney movies. <laughs> mm. I don't even remember signing up to it. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, I've been charged for a few random things. I keep signing up for uh, kind of rogue streaming services but not disney plus i mean come on i'm the only one in britain that signed up for disney plus yeah um so yes did you read that story no cool the tab's sitting sitting open on my computer (laughs) (laughs) that's fine it's basically just a really funny takedown of how narcissistic everyone has still managed to be during a terrifying global pandemic and it's just funny because I just hadn't really thought about it that way before I was like of course everyone's just gonna act the same because we're just trapped inside and famous people aren't really that worried because they have mansions and and access to tests and of course they're just gonna keep lounging around in bikinis in their pool but then when you actually think about it it's just incredibly tone deaf and crazy but we're just dealing with it also Yesterday I was um, on Instagram and I was going through the stories and I was like, God, this person is annoying me so much. I just have to mute them. I just, they're driving me nuts. And then I went to the next story and I was like, God, this person is just annoying me so much. I just have to mute them. They're driving me nuts. And then I went along a row of five people and then I was like, oh my God, I don't even know if it's them annoying you or just you being so over Instagram. But it was the whole, I mean, I'm fucking to blame as well. Same. I posted a 
goddamn banana bread. I've posted a photo of myself at the beach looking cute. Mm -hmm. Very cute. Which is very narcissistic right now. Yeah, I've been extremely narcissistic, been whipping out old film pictures and thotty dresses and (laughs) whacking those up. I know. I actually got to New Zealand and was like, my Instagram just looks like crap, so I'm just going to have a palate cleanse and now I'm never probably going to post again. Finally some time. But it is is funny. People like the top models and the pop stars who – she goes through all of the excuses that people give to post something and they're really funny. She's like, mm. the decided to get dressed up today and that's all these people being like variations of decided to put pants on for the first time, ha, 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 and it's just them looking super <laughs> hot or the um, the vitamin D excuse where it's like popping out for some rays or something. It just breaks down all these funny things that celebrities use as excuses to post thirst traps that are like COVID adjacent. So they're kind of playing on the pandemic. But yeah, Cassie David is so, so great. I actually have a Cassie David recommendation randomly as well. Um, I was reading this. I was reading my friend Catherine Lowe has a blog here and she never updates it ever, but I, for some reason, checked in and she'd done, I think, her first first post in like six months and writing her highs and lows of the week. And one of the highs was that Cassie David has a YouTube channel, but she, mm. she created this show and each episode is eight minutes long. And it's really funny. It's her and two friends. And, and basically the premise is she's just gotten dumped. And, um, it's yeah, it's just really funny. They go to a party with her and she's like, Can we leave yet? And they're just like, Absolutely not. Um, it's really good. Just get an Uber, just leave and get an Uber. And she was like, I've deleted Uber because of the scandal. And he goes, Just get a lift. And she's like, I can't believe you'd try and tell me to get a lift. <laughs> and then <laughs> And so she just stays at the party and she's standing in another room, just looking really depressed. And then the her two friends are talking in the other room, being like, We have to stop being friends with her. She's so fucking boring now. <laughs> It's, it's like really Did she good. make it after she broke up with Pete Davidson? Is it a bit of... No, I think it was... Oh, fuck no. It's my time. My celebrity timelines are so off. Mm. I would say Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande got engaged like a month ago. Yeah. But I think... um, I think it, it was in 2017. So I don't know what that says. I feel like it's around that time. Right. So it might have been a bit of a parody on the whole thing. Might have been. Or she could have still been with him. Oh, she still... Okay. <laughs> Interesting. It was so, so, so funny when they broke up, when he dumped her for Ariana Grande without telling her and she was in Africa on a safari and then just posted a cute pic of her in the safari van and said, been in Africa, what did I miss? It's like one of- he was engaged to Ariana Grande. <laughs> it's one of the most iconic Instagrams ever and I went on it the other day to just look at it again and on it is still in real time, just fresh streams of comments that are like, I come back to this once a week. Thank you. Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) It's the greatest Instagram ever. And my last thing, which I know you have listened to, and yes, sue us. It's another Jamila Jamil podcast. (laughs) We're disgusting. We're disgusting, but we also just basically said that it is what we're listening to every week and we do it is the highlight of most weeks and that it would be disingenuous to purposely not recommend it just because we sound like broken records this one well yes we're not even recommending just a podcast we're recommending tiny little segments in it that just are life-changing i took notes on my phone and i was listening to it in the shower so i had to get out of the shower i put my phone in a shower caddy when i'm in the shower it's so naughty 
What's a shower caddy? I don't know, like a thing you hang off the side. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I can listen to podcasts in the shower. Yeah, same. I listen to podcasts in the shower. Okay, cool. It's my favorite time oh, to listen cool. to. Yeah, it's the best. Um, so Ashling B is an Irish comedian who I first heard of when she wrote an incredible piece in The Guardian about her father's death by suicide. And she has since gone on to create her own TV show called This Way Is Up and it is written by her, produced by her, she stars in it. Um, And I actually listened to her on Table Manners, which is again me being late to a podcast that Izzy has talked about, which is a fantastic Mm -hmm. podcast where celebrities go to this pop star's house and her and her mum cook them dinner. And I love her mum. The mum is great. They're both – they have really good guests on and they're just really cool and funny. Um, but I listened to her on that and then I saw Jamila Jamil post about Ashling B and I thought, this is crazy, and listened to it and it was fantastic. And then Izzy listened to it too. So this is – me and you are disgusting because yeah. we always do this. We'll pull out the same – we were reading the same book over the weekend and both – pulled out the exact same quotes to send each other like fucking sickos but in this podcast the bit that i pulled out was um same as grace was about the hormones and so ashling b was saying that if there was one thing she could tell herself her younger self or something it would be to focus more on her i can't even remember how it came about but whatever she read a book called period power by this woman called Maisie someone and she basically it's all about um how much your hormones impact you as a woman which is so obvious and i talk about this i always talk about this because i've got hormonal acne and i've always been told my hormones out of sync and i and i'm moody and all of these things that i just don't really know what to do about it and then i feel like there's so little research about your hormones because it's such a problem that women deal with and if men had the same thing it would all be fixed by now but basically she was saying that if you, this woman studied her hormones, women's hormones, and realized that during the month there's different times of your cycle that you should be doing different activities. So, e.g., weeks when you won't feel social, weeks when you will feel social. And I just found it so interesting. He has this whole thing about the cycle, your cycle, and week mm-hmm. to week. It's very comprehensive that it's put into like a winter, summer, spring, autumn and how to harness that for your mental health as well. Say, for example, the week before your period, we all know we're like, oh, I feel a bit mad. And she's like, no, it's not madness. It's heightened awareness. And that's there because there was a certain time in cavewoman times when your body didn't know if it was pregnant or yet. So you were on high alert for any danger and you would look around. So your heightened sensitivity. Wow. Now, the way that comes out might be like, Fuck you, Jamila. And that's not right. Right. But the the idea that something has happened... is fight or flight. Your, yeah, but yeah. your instinct's quite heightened. It's not wrong. It's heightened. Got it. It's just to question it. And also then after your period, the sort of week and a half afterwards, is your heightened estrogen time. And that's where you know you're not pregnant, so you're going out looking for a mate. That's when you're more sociable. More that's randy. When, yeah, more randy-andy. Yeah. Um, I'm there right now, baby. Hey. Um, Stay on that side of the even, bloody desk. To even know why some weeks you can manage lots of stuff and other weeks it's crippling to have to go to mm-hmm. another dinner. I'd never 
I'd never known at all that had anything to do with my cycle. It's there are certain times of the month when you're better at stuff. So even in terms of being a writer, she was like, when your estrogen's up and you're in Randy Andy mode, that is not the time to be editing in front of a computer. But that is great for brainstorming, creativity, living. big chats, doing, yeah, a, doing yeah, yeah. podcasts. You know, big shout out to everyone who does podcasts for a living. But like that's the time. The to many be... many women in this industry. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, a re- it's notorious <laughs> for having lots of women. Um, But just to know how to harness where you are week to week and even to look at your diary and go, oh, God, that's um, the the two after after that estrogen week, you get a drop in your estrogen Mm -hmm. and suddenly you become a little bit more insular. So if you look at that week and go, oh, God, I have five dinner parties that week. I know that's a real (laughs) middle class ladies thing to say. (laughs) But even if you like I have a birthday party, I'm I'm hanging around with people. That's too many things that week that might really drain me. Mm -hmm. Whereas on another week, that might be like fantastic to even look at how you balance yourself or where you put the big scary presentation or where you put the big scary public speaking or what do you do when and that you can lean into your cycle and how much that affects your mental health it just blew my mind yeah yes this was so fantastic and I agree mind-blowing and we need to actually read this book and actually enact the times of our cycle that are good for our productivity I was obsessed with the the bit where she talked about how the Roman calendar, or as we know, the calendar would only ever have been created by a woman because what value would a man have in a 28 day month? Obviously, it was someone marking the yeah. menstrual cycle. And that's the basis of the way that we all understand mm. months and years and like the whole way the calendar system works. And I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. That made me feel really badass. Of to it be was a woman. woman. Yeah. I know. That's, it's just. Hormones are just such a crazy under-researched thing for women. We just have no idea of our hormone levels, which we should all get hormone tests and know our hormone levels and what that means for us. And Yeah, I don't even know what a hormone test is. Oh, uh, you can get... Um, I was thinking of getting one while I was home because that brand that I've been taking their detox supplement, they do hormone tests where they literally send you out a kit and you, I think you pee... And then you send back a urine sample and it tells you what you're dominant in, whether it's estrogen or testosterone or whatever. And that means so much in terms of everything. Your hair, your skin, your nails, your emotions, like so much. Yeah, it's funny that it's just like essential thing to the way that we function that we just don't have any knowledge about. I know. And then just before our period, we're like, oh, a bit moody because of our period and it affects my life so much like i know it sounds like a bit of a fucking stale take to quote mel mason but like (laughs) it really affects my life where i am (laughs) in my menstrual cycle it really does it completely affects what i eat how productive i am how sad i am how like i'm never gonna say horny on this podcast but how (laughs) wow yuck how (laughs) <laughs> what is an Go. what is one other word? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I hate the word horny. The word horny is illegal. <laughs> How sexy I am! Yeah, like, there's no other word. That's there's a problem. There's a problem for Mika Simmons <laughs> to fix. Whatever. Yeah, all of the things are so tied to where I am in my menstrual cycle, and. I just don't listen to them ever. Well, until recently, I didn't even have an app to track it. So I, I would have literally an app. have. Oh, you should get one. Mm. So I just use the Flow app, and you literally just note down 
when your period when you get your period you just note it down and then it will tell you every month when your period is due so you can kind of get a notification and then you also can write down which I haven't been doing but I'm going to start doing is you note down your moods and your hunger levels and your any anything different that you notice about yourself whether you're feeling sleepy whether you're whatever um during your cycle or before and after your cycle and then you can start to track it and you can start to realize and literally be like okay my period is due in two days. So today I'm going to be having a day where I don't really feel like doing much and I just want to stay home. So then you won't make plans with friends. That's just so clever. But why don't we all do that? Yes. Uh-huh. I just had no idea. I would be like, God, it's due sometime in the next four months. And I think that's so funny you say that as well to go off on a bit of a tangent because I think that people take how they feel on a given day and use it to make a sweeping generalization about themselves. Like, the fact that everyone flip-flops on, I'm an introvert, I'm an extrovert. No, I'm an introverted extrovert. No, I'm an extroverted introvert. Like, sometimes people are just not in a mood to socialize. And sometimes people are in a mood to socialize. And it probably has a lot to do with things like this, our hormones and other emotional factors going on that dictate that. Mm. And we're, we're so desperate to say, I'm either a person that likes this or a person that doesn't like this. I'm either a person that likes going out or a person that doesn't. When really, this is probably dictating when we feel sociable or not. Totally. And it probably has some weird anthropological thing to do with cavemen that we don't really get. I agree. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk to you about, which I just heard in Who Weekly and found hilarious, I know you'll find hilarious, is they did a segment on Kaya Gerber, what she said was her quarantine reading list, and it's just nonsense because (laughs) she said... I thought they were giving her shit unfairly, but I'm now looking at the screenshot and she said on March 25th, so... Where's she saying this? On her Instagram stories. This is okay. this is five weeks ago and, and quarantine's been happening for maximum seven weeks. This is a, yes. a week into quarantine. And <laughs> yes. she said, just sharing some of the books I've read in quarantine to help pass the time. At the bottom, hope that helps. These are just some of the books that I've read that have spoken to me. Here's what's on here. 18 books. A Little Life. Wow, okay. A Little Life. <laughs> okay, that book is like... It's taken me four it's taken billion pages several months long. to read. Yes, that book takes so long to read. That's one of 18. I was binge reading it and I... That's impossible. One of 18 in a 10-day period. Normal People. Okay. Norwegian okay, yeah. Wood. Another fat one. I don't know what that is. Okay. Uh, Bright Lights, Big City, In Cold Blood by Truman Capote, Never Let Me Go, The Stranger by Albert Camus, On the Road by Jack Kerouac, uh, and my personal favourite, Symposium by Plato. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Okay. Okay. So th- just we Does just she need... mean... No, no. That's what I mean. I was like, oh, maybe they po- she's posted a stack and they're being nasty and things. She's saying explicitly... I'm just listing the ones that have helped me that have personally resonated. This is what I've read since quarantine started. And this isn't a dig at models, like not being able to read intelligent books or whatever, because it's not that at all. Like Christopher Hitchens is not reading. Oh, he's dead, but whoever. Alan de Botton is not reading (laughs) 18 books in 10 days, including Plato's Symposium and the collected works of F. Scott Fitzgerald. And she's been doing this big 
she obviously loves reading, but she's been doing this big book club thing as well, where she's been interviewing people and doing all this other stuff, which would take up, we do a podcast once or twice a week, and that takes up a lot of time. And if she's reading their stuff, researching questions, interviewing them, no, Kaya, you don't have time to read all these books. But how does she think that anyone would think that she's telling the truth? I just think... And also, reading is just one of those things where we just make... We just make people feel so guilty all the time about mm-hmm. reading, which is such a weird thing. Like, I feel guilty at the moment because I've always said that reading reading has always felt really... Um, reading and writing has always been the thing that I've done mm-hmm. and been good at. And I haven't been reading in ages. And, I'm, and I weirdly have about four books on the go at once, which is probably the issue. But I'm saying that in terms of literally I've had those four books on the go for about six months and haven't finished any of them and just never pick them up and I feel really guilty about it all the time and then there has become this trend and I think that it's been written about in the past but it's just rearing its head again in quarantine of like aspirational reading and I just think it's really Mm. interesting because I think it's been the most prevalent social media trend of quarantine and I I mean, I, I've i kind of been like part of it because I've been sharing the books I've been reading and I've been reading a lot lately, but I haven't been doing anything else and I've kind of just got on like a bit of a roll and I never post anything that I haven't actually read. You know what I mean? I finish reading it yeah. and then I'll post yeah. a thing of it yeah. and whatever. But I, uh, so I'm like contributing to the problem, but. You are. But it is funny. I've noticed <laughs> these things of just things that I feel come across as kind of disingenuous. I'm like, no one's just sitting but and reading The Stranger that... by Albert Camus during quarantine. You know what I mean? But I also feel like it's this weird thing where why do we think... I don't know, we put so much weight behind reading. It's funny because I I was kind of like thinking about it and was I felt like I had not shared stuff that I actually do on social media, like the books I read or whatever, because I didn't think it was very cool. I thought it was cool to post very fashion-y, glitzy things. So for me, I was like, I'm just going to be my true self and I'm just a nerdy girl that sits at home and reads. And now I kind of actually realized that books have become this weird social capital thing online. And I don't know when that happened. And I don't know when having a stack of very specific book porn books be- became this aspirational thing. Yeah, I I yeah, I feel like it's been that way for ages because I have always felt I feel stressed out when I look at my books and realize I haven't read. And I always think that with you where you'll be reading heaps and heaps and heaps. There's actually I feel like I've never even said this to you but you'll be reading heaps and heaps and heaps and then I'll go home and be like you call yourself a fucking writer and a reader no. and you and Grace are so, and I'm, but I'm like, you and Grace are so similar, but then she just goes off and reads and what are you even doing? And I'm literally like, I don't even know what I am doing while you're reading. <laughs> Obviously, just nothing, like literally nothing. No. It's... I can do, I can spend so much time doing literally nothing. I could just lie on the bed without even a phone and be occupied daydreaming for about seven hours. But my thing with reading is that I have gone through two or three year periods of my life where I haven't touched a book. You know, I think it's very, um, uh, 
I think that when you, you start reading and you get the satisfaction of finishing a few books, you get on this roll and then, and, and suddenly you're reading heaps and you're like, wow, I've read whatever, however many books in a period of time. And then you can just stop and just not touch anything for months on end. And it's just, it's like, mm. you have to make a really act. It's just habit forming. I don't know. But I think it's, I think it's funny what we were talking about in the last episode about the how we would have felt very uncool to talk about reading in a certain period of our lives. And now it's seen as very, very, very cool to be really into reading. And I'm trying to figure out what the deal is with that. I think, I think that everyone in social media is being really vacuous and really narcissistic and that it's a way of kind of showing that you're, you have more depth than other narcissistic people on social media. I think Mm. that's what it is. Yeah. Social media. Social media, it's just such a weird place. Because anywhere you go, you're being annoying, really. (laughs) Yeah, like, I almost appreciate sometimes people just being blatant about it because... uh, Blatant about being annoying? Well, just blatant about being, like, narcissistic. Because it's, it's like, that's what everyone's kind of edging towards. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm always on Instagram and I'm always just sitting there being like, I don't care about literally any of this, but why can't I stop? Why can't I look away? I know. (laughs) Okay. Cool. Well, we will skedaddle. I don't know how to wrap this up without saying let's wrap this up. And I'm so sick of myself saying that, but let's wrap it up. Please rate, review and subscribe. And our dinner parties have now finished for now. They will probably be back, I would say, because they were so much fun. Uh, But finished for now, but keep an eye out on Saturday because, of course, we have something new for you little quarantined babies. I know, a little treat in the mail, in the post. (laughs) Yeah, which we think you guys will love. So we will see you Saturday. Bye. 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 the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.